Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Tonight, once again, we're going to go ahead and discuss the Word of God. I'm going to be reading tonight from the New Testament book of Romans chapter 8. And as I always encourage you to do, if you are in a position where you can do so, grab your Bible and uh, follow along with me again, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is pretty much what I'm going to focus on. I'll take you over into the book of Galatians tonight as well. But yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Romans chapter 8. And let's talk about the scriptures here tonight. It says, Therefore, or there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So let me stop right there and say that, well, first of all, well, I'll kind of touch on that no condemnation thing at the beginning here and at the end, but um, I want to pause right here and say this is exactly where we want our lives to be, right? That is, we want to be in a place where there's no condemnation from the standpoint of our relationship with God. And it's important to understand God's love in that matter, how he loves us, okay? So I'm not talking about other people condemning you. I'm talking about the condition of our souls before God, our Father. You see, the fact of the matter is, you know, and this is just true across the board for all of us, right? According to Scripture, and that's what I do. I teach the Scriptures, so that's what I base everything you hear me talk about on, is what is written in the Bible, okay? But according to the Scripture, it tells us that all have sinned. All means all. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it says. right? You, me, and all the world falls short. And as a result, we miss out on fellowship with our Creator due to the fact that we have sinned. So there's condemnation upon every soul because of that, but there was a solution for the problem. And the solution was provided for by God the Father Himself because of His love. He provided a solution. He doesn't hate us because we've sinned and fall short. To the contrary, he wants to redeem us and bring us into a relight, or excuse me, a right relationship with him. So what was his solution? What did he do? He said he sent his only begotten son who became sin for us, the scripture tells us, that is on our behalf. And he paid the ultimate price for sin, which is death. The scripture says the wages of sin is death, right? So we have eternal life because of the death of Jesus Christ, right? When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, oftentimes the Bible describes this as being in Christ, Right? That's what the Scripture uses those words. So when I read verse 1 again, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And also we know like in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says that if anyone is in Christ, there you see that term again, 
right? And I'll kind of talk about that a little bit more. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new, right? So again, there was a solution to the condemnation or slash separation, that which separated us from God, and the solution is coming to faith in Jesus Christ. When you do, the condemnation is gone because you are now in Christ. And as we see, as we go, we'll see as we go along here that avoiding condemnation um, because of our sin does not come about being able to avoid that condemnation, being a right standing with God. It does not come about as a result of us being perfect, right? Or, or us being able to in and of ourselves be better than someone else or holier than someone else or go to church more than someone else or pray more than someone else it has nothing to do with that freedom from sin and condemnation only comes through faith in jesus christ and us being again what the bible describes as being in christ but again this is where we all need to be we all need to be in christ and then we are free. Scripture says, he who the Son, speaking of Jesus, S-O-N, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So we're free from sin and death, and we can have eternal life, and we can have this abundant life that Jesus promises us, right? Abundant from the standpoint of an internal abundance, right? All because we are in Christ, right? We have faith in Jesus Christ. So, again, this will become more and more clear as we read along here. So, again, I want to read verse 1, starting at the beginning again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, there's a key part of verse 1 right there in the second half of verse 1. A person that has come to faith in Jesus Christ is a person who no longer walks according to the flesh like it says there but instead they are now led by the spirit of the lord something different comes within them and there's a change right the jesus called this being born again the scriptures talk about this as being born again right so um as a part of our makeup right um, that is who we are as a creation, right? We like we're. A, you've heard me talk about this a lot in the past, I'm sure, right? We're a living soul, right? We have the capacity to think, to feel, to to reason. We can become angry. We can experience moments of happiness and joy. We can have great highs. We can have great lows, right? We have the the capacity to make our own decision. And all of this was given to us by God. And we can be, as they say, the captain of our own ship if we want. That's your right. That's a human right. You could be the captain of your own ship. You can say, no, I don't need a Lord. I don't need Jesus over me, right? So we can live in a manner where we say like nothing and people are like this right some people are like this and i was once like this right nothing no one uh, will ever change me 
I am who I am. I'm set in my ways, right? And, and I could expound on that a whole lot more, but this is just a snapshot of what it's like to be led by the flesh. So that's what it means to be led by the flesh. It's that person, right, that feels like they're in control of their own life. And again, I don't knock that at all. If, if that's the way you feel you live your life, that's the way you feel you live your life. But that's not what the scriptures teach us, and that's not what you know, God. how God wants us to live. He has something else for us. He wants us to be led by the Spirit, right? You see, no one has the right to force you to come to faith in Jesus Christ. God doesn't even do that. That's, that's a choice that He leaves to us. You can be led by your, your, your flesh, your carnal mind all you want. In other words, you know, you can be the captain of your own ship. You can be in control of, of everything about your inner being. But a person, though, on the flip side of that, that is led by the Spirit of God, is a person that has made the decision that they are going to repent, right? There's the word, repent, right? What does it mean? It just means to turn around. Not do a 360, I hear people say, because then you're going the same way. Do a 180, right? And you turn away from your flesh-led life. You turn away from your own carnal mind and the way you've always done things and, and how you've become set in your way. And sometimes it's good to question, well, where did I get this idea? Where did I get this philosophy on life? And is there a creator? And, and, and what does he want from me? You know, not really want from me, but what does he have for me? What, how does he want me to live? And again, now I know that, you know, because th this goes out, this teaching that I'm doing here, I'll put it out as an audio teaching that will go out through the whole world. And, you know, there's all kinds of comments that people can come up with and all that. And um, there's many people out there that will listen to this and just say, hey, I don't need any of this religious stuff. It's all a bunch of hogwash or whatever. But again, who am I to condemn you? Who am I to say what you should or should not do? Your condemnation is not up to me. Again, I completely understand. I spent many years, the first 21 years of my life, not caring about being led by the Spirit of God, as the scriptures are talking about here, but the time came in my life where I just had enough of me. I had enough of that, and, I, and it happened at an early age in my life, and I called out to God, and He began to show Himself through me. What do I mean by that? Did I see Him? No, no. He, revealing His will for my life through the scriptures here, which is why I do what I do like this right now, to simply maybe share it with someone else and give you something to think about, something to consider, right? Tonight I'm simply reading to you and expounding to you from what is written in the Word of God, and that's what it is to me because that's what it's become to me, the Word of God, because of its power and what it's done in my life to renew me in the spirit of my mind and to cause me to be led by the Spirit. Now, oftentimes, you know, when, when people talk about stuff like the Spirit and the Spirit of the Lord, you don't have to attach all that weirdness to it. 
and I'm going to expound on what the Spirit of the Lord is really all about as we go on here, but you don't have to attack. It's not like I'm hearing angels singing to me and voices and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, No, I'm walking by faith, like the Scripture tells us to, walk by faith, not by sight. But as I've done so now for 38 years, as the Lord has grown me, you know, it's just changes that have happened within me. And I've not arrived. I'm still under construction when it comes to my relationship with the Lord. But the Holy Bible is God's word to me. And I've known its impact on my life, right? So, um, but that, that's another key point right there, because um, I mentioned about Jesus being Lord, right? Um, and that's something that I could expound on for a long time. But being Lord means that He is your master, that He's Lord, right? Um, that He's your king, right? And we don't really understand, especially here in the United States of America, the way we've all grown up. You know, we've never had a king over us. We don't understand what that kind of life looks like, right? But Jesus is the king of our hearts, right? He's the master. He's our Lord, right? Um, so to be in Christ, going back to that phrase again that you'll see throughout the New Testament especially, it means you're just you're committing your way to Him. You're committing your way to His way. And you're saying it's no longer about you. You're bowing the knee of your life to Him. You're surrendering your life. And you're making a choice to not being led by your own thoughts, your own will, your own emotions, the way you feel, but rather you're coming and being in Christ and you're going to be led by His will. Now, that's what you're submitting to. So these are the people that are in Christ that the Bible is speaking of right here in verse 1. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Then it says, who walk not according to the flesh, right, but according to the Spirit. And then, then it goes on to verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So again, Jesus has set us free. We can now go through life in a new way. It's a new beginning, being born again, a new creation. You're led by the spirit. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So there we see it again, right? There's two different ways that we can walk through this life, being led by the flesh captain of our own ship, we're in charge of everything, we are in control, or we're led by the Spirit of the Lord, where He is our Lord, He indwells us, His Spirit leads us. We do things His way, right? So when you see the word law here, keep in mind that there was um, over 600 laws that God gave to a specific group of people. Uh, you can read about in the Old Testament. 
the Israelites. You might know of the Ten Commandments, right? But there were well over 600 laws that they had to abide by, right? And, and that the Israelites had to abide by. Now, through that same group of people, ultimately, he brought Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior. But you know what? As you read the Bible, it was evident that they, just like you and me, they could not keep the righteous requirement of the law like we read about there in uh, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law. So there was a righteous requirement a righteousness that we can't attain to. We couldn't attain to it. So God sent his son to be the propitiation to take care of our sin. Now we can turn to him by faith. We can receive of his spirit. We can learn of him. And we can be disciples, right, of, of him where he's our master, he's our teacher, and we grow in him and we walk in him, right? And we're no longer under the laws, right? It's not about, you, you often hear me talk about this, and, you know, people will say stuff to me, you know, um, about this when I say it. it's not about religion, right? It's really not about religion. I mean, it really is about being, having Christ in you, you know? It, so anyway, I'm not going to go there. I, I see that Jamie's on here. Hey, Jamie, it's good to see you. Thank you for being here tonight. So anyway, we, just like they, cannot fulfill the righteous requirements of the law like it talks about in verse 4. So instead, God provided a way for the righteous requirement of the law to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us this. It says that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, it says, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So there we see it again. It's about being in Christ, having that relationship, committing your life to Him. Now, we that are in Christ just need to now yield our lives to the leading of the Spirit, walking by faith in Jesus, and just growing in the knowledge of Him. Again, it's not about being holier than thou. I can't keep the righteous requirements of the law. I fall short. We all fall short, right? But, but we, can we can have a life, though, where we're led by the Spirit of the Lord. But let's, before we go on to the Spirit, you know, being led by the Spirit, and I will go there, right? But let's keep reading some verses here, and we're going to talk again about what it is to, to live according to the flesh, right? Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So again, we see two opposing sides being presented to us, right? Right, living by the flesh or living by the spirit. So where do you find your mind set today? What's your mindset? And maybe what's your mindset been your whole life up till this point? Maybe you've set your mind. It's, it's called, when someone says, I am set in my ways, 
They mean their mind has become set on something. This is the way I think about that. This is the way I feel about that. This is the way I respond to that. This is the way I behave. And this is the way I am. Right? That's a person that is led by the flesh. Again, been there, done that, right? We all do that. But I'm, I'm just simply teaching you tonight that there is another way. There is a different way to be led, and that's by the Spirit. So now I mentioned earlier on that I was going to take you over to Galatians chapter 5. So if you are following along with me, we're in, relation, or we're in Romans, excuse me. Then you're going to come to the Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And then when you get past 1st and 2nd Corinthians, you're going to come to Galatians. Okay? So if you are following along with me in the Bible, I'm going to have you turn to Galatians. And then you'll see it's broken up into chapters, just like all the books in the Bible. And you'll find Galatians chapter 5. Okay? And for the sake of time... I'm going to jump down and uh, start reading, uh, let's see, in verse 13. Verse 13. Okay, so we're still talking about being led by the Spirit, being led by the flesh. What does that look like? Does the Bible talk about that? Does the Bible tell us anything more specific as to what that means? Um, yes, it does. Verse 13. Galatians chapter 5. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Here again, right? We're set free. Set free from the law of sin and death. We're free in Christ. Set free by Jesus. But, but the Apostle Paul, who wrote this book as well, is saying only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So, What's being, what's being talked about here, right? Well, do you remember earlier we were talking about, again, I was mentioning all the laws, right? There's over 600 of them in total that God gave to the Israelites to follow. And those laws were, again, what they had to live by, right? And, but those that come to faith in Jesus Christ today are no longer under that law, like I've mentioned, right? Um, verse 13 is telling us that we're free, we have liberty, but we shouldn't use that liberty to go back to just living according to the flesh, right? We should instead be people that are known for loving one another, serving one another, considering others as better than ourselves, right? This shows that we have the Spirit of the Lord within us. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love. That's the one word, right? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So biting and devouring one another is equivalent to constantly bickering with each other or you know, just not getting along with people, always, you know, having a bad demeanor about yourself, a bad attitude, you know, and oftentimes when you're setting your mind on the things of the flesh and you're trying to get your way, you're going to be miserable because just like all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, someone's going to offend you. Someone's going to say the wrong thing. Someone's going to do the wrong thing. 
in your life, but you can have the Spirit of the Lord within you, right? So what, what, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Then let's look at that side of it. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Actually, let me, I guess I'm going to continue on with the flesh side of it here, right? For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So you see, when the Apostle Paul here makes a statement like he does at the end of verse 17 there, um, where he says that you do not do the things that you wish, he is saying that because he is speaking to Christian people, right? People that, you know, should be filled with the Spirit. They should be led by the Spirit of the Lord, right? And look, just if you have any good in you at all, which I'm sure you do, right? You don't want trouble with people. I guess there are people that do. It seems like maybe there's people that just go around, like they say, looking for trouble. But most people would just rather get along with one another. But there's a battle, though, that rages within us is what these verses are talking about. It's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Your carnal nature will try to draw you toward that which is negative as opposed toward that which is positive. Scripture tells us to think on things that are good. This is what we set our mind on. We shouldn't set our mind on the flesh, right? Things like anger, getting our way, jealousy, being envious and all that. We'll talk about that, right? Scripture tells us to think on things that are good and pure and lovely and of good report. It says we can only do this by the Spirit of the Lord because of Jesus, through faith in Him. We walk by faith, not by sight, right? So there's a battle, right? Your carnal nature will try to draw, draw you toward the negative, like I said, as opposed to toward the positive things, right? In your life today, you can ask yourself, and it's good to do this, well, wh which one? Which one wins out in my life today? Am I being more led by the flesh today, which can happen? Or am I being led, led by the Spirit? Am I yielding my life to the Spirit of the Lord, which also can happen? Right? So what are the works of the flesh? Well, Paul's going to give a list, a list and uh, this is a partial list, I think, at best. Right Now, the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, common sense, right? Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Listen to some of these things, right? And you might say, nope, not me. Um, I've, I've not committed adultery. Nope, not lewd. Uh, no, no idolatry. You know, you, you can maybe kind of look at yourself, but just listen to all of them here. Sorcery, hatred. Have you ever hated Anyone, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, have we ever had that? Selfish ambitions, have we ever been that way? Dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like, of which I tell you, listen to what Paul says here, 
of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you make a practice of that. It's your everyday way of life. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it says the kingdom of God is, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You can't have that if you're being led by the flesh. And again, you can say, I'm not a murderer and you know all this stuff, but there are things in there somewhere we fit in on that list. And again, that's just a partial list. But again, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what the scripture is teaching us here tonight is that, like I said, there are two sides. You do have a choice, I do have a choice. We can continue in these things, being led by the flesh, and miss out on all that is God has for us in His kingdom with Him as King, as Lord of our lives. Or we can yield our lives to being led by the Spirit of the Lord. So we have seen here what it looks like to be led by the flesh, and like I said, in one way or another, we all fall in there somewhere. But that doesn't mean we have to stay there and continue in those things. There is a power that the Lord will give you. He gives to the person that yields their life to him. He says, Scripture says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't, you won't go in that way. You won't be that person if you walk in the spirit. So then what does it look like on the other? What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? And you've heard me quote these verses a lot. Let's just keep reading verse 22. So now here's the fruit of the Spirit. So you heard all this, right? This is what the flesh is. This is what it looks like. This is what you get by being the captain of your own ship, being set in your own ways. And, you know, this is the way I grew up. This is the way I learned it. This is the way my parents were. This is the way everything, right? But then here's the other side that the Bible's presenting to us. God, through His Word, is presenting to us. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering. What's that? Like patience. You put up with things. And sometimes we need patience to put up with certain people that are maybe those people that seem to just be looking for trouble. But maybe if we show the love of God through the Spirit of the Lord to them, maybe we can help them. Right? Look, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, if you are living like this, then there's nothing that can condemn you because you're in Christ. You're in his you're being led by his spirit. You're yielding to that. So there's no law against that. No one's ever going to come and fault you for being kind and good and loving. Remember what we read earlier, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who, what, what's, what's the end of that verse? Do not walk according to the flesh, so there's a qualifier, but instead you walk according to the Spirit. Then there's no condemnation, because you're walking according to the Spirit. Verse 24 says, and those 
who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, it says, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. So here's more can be added to the list of what it's like to be walking in the flesh, right? Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It's not the way of the Lord, right? And that, that, that's easy to understand, isn't it? If you've come to Christ, you will walk as if the Spirit of the Lord is in you. And when I say you'll walk that way, what I mean is your manner of life. That's your Christian walk. What is your manner of life? You will live like you have Christ in you. Now let's go ahead and flip back again. I should have had you mark the page if you're turning your pages there, but go ahead and flip back to Romans chapter 8 again. Picking up where we left off, right? Verse 6, Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded, right? That's setting your mind on the things of the flesh, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So again, if you're envious, if you're proud, if you're boastful, if you're arrogant, basically if you're not yielding to the Spirit of the Lord, you're not seeing the fruit of the Spirit of the Lord in your life, that's only going to bring about death in your life, bad circumstances, trouble between you and others, and all that kind of stuff, and that'll be evident in your life. But if you're kind, self-controlled, gentle, loving, like we read all those things, you have joy, then this will, this will bring about peace within you. That's what that scripture is telling us. But do you see how this is all up to us it's a choice we have to make and notice what i'm not presenting to you I'm, I'm not presenting to you hey join this church hey join this religion no this is just something between you and god just your life in christ just between you and him All right so that takes us to what here oh wow almost 40 minutes so i'm going to let you go ahead and read the rest of romans chapter 8 on your own and i really encourage you to do so sometime real soon if not tonight and if this has sparked any questions or some intrigue in you and, and you'd like to reach out to me go ahead uh, i would just say go to our websites the best way i tell people to do it go to a loveoutreach.com and fill out the contact form there and then that'll send an email directly to me, and we can talk in private. We can communicate back and forth, right? But again, look, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And guess what? If you're in a place where you've you've lived your whole life, and again, I'm I'm talking to people all over the world on the audio recording part of this side of this thing, right? But if you've never come to Christ, there's no condemnation for you either in one sense, and that is, is that God loves you. He so loved the world, of which you're a part of, right, that he gave his only begotten son for you, right? You can come to God. You can have this life that we're talking about here, this spirit-led life, this abundant life 
that God wants for you to have. He just wants what's best for you. That's why he went to such great lengths to reach out and to redeem us, that he could have fellowship with us. So hopefully I give, I've given you something to think about tonight. I'll go ahead and check the comments here again. I think I've said hello to all of those that have chimed in. Um, but um, yeah, thank you all for being here. And if anybody, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. And while I do, if you have any prayer requests you want to type in, let me know. I'll read them and pray for that as well. Good night, Matthew. But let's pray. I'll come back to the comments here in just a minute. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you again for the, the fact, Lord, that, that you care. The fact that you care enough to, to die for us, first of all, Lord, and to give your life for us, but also that you care enough that you have given us your spirit, Lord, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And that we might walk through this life with the strength and the power that you desire for us to walk through this life with, that we might have peaceful relationships with one another. We might have good marriages and good familial relationships across the board and good friendships because we walk led by your Spirit. And, and, and we become people that are known for love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. Lord, we thank you for your Spirit, Lord, because apart from you, we can do nothing, Lord. We have no power in and of ourselves, Lord, to be good or to, to merit heaven. We have no goodness in ourselves to get us there, Lord. It's because of you and what you have done, Lord. So we acknowledge you tonight, Lord, and we thank you again for your holy word, the Holy Bible. And I just pray for all the listeners, Lord, that your will be done in their lives, in their hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.